Hola, and welcome to the Overly Animated Podcast, where we take animation seriously. We talk everything animation here, including OKKO, Let's Be Heroes, which we'll be getting into right now. I'm your host, Alex Bonilla, and today I'm joined, as usual, by Michelle Andrew. Hello. And Steve Zeck. Hi. Uh, If you want to hear our previous OKKO discussions, as well as our other animated shows we cover here, you can subscribe to us at OverlyAnimated.com slash iTunes, or on your preferred podcatcher wherever you listen to us, or you can go directly to OverlyAnimated.com to find all our content. And wherever you listen to us, we appreciate any ratings and reviews you want to leave us. But today we are going to be getting into the uh, the beginning of the season, the second season of OKKO. Um, last time you heard us, so we talked about the finale, which was uh, very eventful. But um, now we're going to slide back into <laughs> into season two. We've got uh, eight episodes to talk about. Uh, seasons mm-hmm. Change, Lord Cowboy Daryl, Plaza Film Festival, Be a Team, My Fair Carol, Let's Watch the Botsmore Show, Your World is an Illusion, and The Sobatical. Mm-hmm. Uh, th- those all were released uh, online, uh, as is proce- common procedure for Cartoon Network shows these days, and I believe half of them have aired on TV, half of them are going to air as yeah. of our recording, so we're in the middle of TV premieres, but mm-hmm. we have all these episodes available to us, and uh, mm-hmm. it was uh, a, a, a very varied bunch of episodes, I'd say. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, let's go to Steve first. Uh, anything that stood out to you, general impressions of us beginning a new season of OKKO? Oh, well... <laughs> The, the punch, the shock that Carol and Mr. Gard, they're a thing now. It's like, <laughs> yes. not, not really a shock, but... That was your sh- biggest takeaway, eh? <laughs> well, actually, my biggest takeaway is that uh, Rad still has feelings for Shannon. Wow, even bigger. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's... Big takeaway to the fact that the Boxman's still alive, but they're going to stick with Cowboy Daryl running the place for now. That's gonna be interesting. Um, I do like I do like some more the the, the let's watch the Boxmore show might be made my favorite of the bunch. Though um, your words illusion is pretty good. The, this so badical I like too because that's the you only one that had three <laughs> that had Dendi in it. <laughs> yeah, so, well, that's so, true. So it's, I'm liking the season so far. I'm excited to see where the, where, where it goes. It just started. I can't wait for the other eight episodes that's going to come probably next Friday. So we'll we'll see when, when they <laughs> decide to spare the rest. But okay, so you mentioned the three back half helps. Uh, that's interesting, uh, Michelle. Uh, well, well, do you have any general thoughts on this group of episodes and maybe one or two that stood out to you? Oh boy, I feel like a lot of these episodes were really standouts, so it's hard. So, like, I was trying to, like, what are my top two? And then I came up with, like, a top four. <laughs> so, it's really challenging because a lot of them just are really, really strong in different ways. I think, like, my biggest takeaway, I was really anxious going in to see what was going to happen with Boxman, of course. But um, I feel like, you know, the episode Lord Cowboy Daryl handled it in a way that I feel I feel really comfortable now with Boxman not making an appearance in like the foreseeable future because like he left on his own terms. And that's like, you know, what I wanted for him. I wanted him to have his own sort of closure. And he got that. And it was actually like his most like 
character growing moment so far in the whole season and it's like the best of a dad he's ever been so like i can't complain i think it's great um i steve mentioned um let's watch the boxmore show that was like the episode i just like uncontrollably laughed the most the entire time <laughs> it was like the 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 gestures and just like the like the humor through like actions and just like randomness was so on point the whole time uh, oh man it I'm was so to, good i'm here to make friends <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know it's so good. Poor Ernesto. <laughs> We've seen more of him in these in, in a couple of these episodes than we have for like ages. So it's really I was wondering, Alex, if you had any like strong feelings about Ernesto. <laughs> well, this match. I, I was happy to see him back. Um I don't think he topped his initial uh, appearance like main appearance that we gushed over in like two <laughs> podcasts ago. But yeah, yeah, they they were nice. Um, in my general impressions, I, I guess I'm a little lower than you guys. Like I, I felt this was a more of an uneven batch. I agree with Michelle that Lord Cowboy Daryl to me is a standout, just because like I, I love Daryl in that la- in the finale, and I still love him here. And yeah, like, yeah, and Bot Botsman was also just had an incredible like arc in that one little episode. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I do feel like these these episodes do harken back a little bit to the early moments of season one where like the humor was way over the top and they, like, I am they... so okay with that personally yeah. <laughs> I, 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 I guess it, your mileage may vary on that and like if you love Doke Kyo from the very beginning then like it's easier to fall in love with that but like to me it's like uh, well like it's fine but like uh, I've seen Okay Kyo do better like <laughs> So like stuff like let's watch the Botsmore show like it has its moments but then they're it, like it, it like al- almost too much tips the scales into being so extra but you may like so extra so like I I can't fault you for that and uh, also like the Carolyn Mister Gar thing like I feel like that was a theme throughout a couple of these episodes and yeah I, I just mm-hmm. I just feel weird about it because like for so long Mister Gar has been like the very stoic guy and like we've slowly seen him warm up to carol but, like, uh, now, we're, mm-hmm. uh, now we're doing the jumps so, like it just it, like uh-huh. I, I i relate to enid and rad feeling very strange about this relationship yeah well i well, feel more like ko i'm very okay with it yeah well i'm, I'm interested to see tko's reaction because he might be <laughs> I wonder if he's going to care at yeah. all, honestly. What does edgy well, teenager think? Well, <laughs> yeah. the, well, well, I think the T in TKO stands for teenager. So, you know how angsty teenagers can be? You're not my real dad. <laughs> <laughs> you can't tell me what to do. You're not my real dad. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, let's see. Where, where do we begin just like in general here? I, I guess we can begin with... Uh, Lord Cowboy Daryl, since I, I think that's the episode that at least two of us have praised here. Uh, like that, that this is an episode that like we're just like beginning. If you just went from the finale directly to this episode, it would be perfect. I think they aired season yeah. change first, but uh, mm-hmm. uh, this one almost feels better of a transition. But uh, we begin just all in on the Lord Cowboy Daryl imagery. You got like the gunshot noises and all the so much imagery. Western genre happening. <laughs> it's I can't believe how well it works. It's like such a it's such a shift, but it's like so good in the music. <laughs> it's so good. And Daryl has the confidence of a gunslinger, so he is perfect <laughs> yeah, for this. Year, you know, he for does. 
Uh, also, I, I think just skipping ahead to like the ending, also the, that whole framing of the uh, Botsman giving his epic speech and then the, the Western yeah. orchestral music <laughs> rising. Mm-hmm. Just, father! Yeah. <laughs> I think that's we have two fathers. Yeah, we do. One in one in Cowboy Daryl and one in the film festival, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's like a, a foreshadowing of daddy issues, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> foreshadowing of daddy issues all around. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and so he gets to walk off into the sunset. But so we have all, all this Western imagery, but at the same time we have Botsman making his grand return. Um, the sun just poops him out. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not a very grand return. It's actually yeah. pretty chill. Well, not good in, not good for the sun's colon, I guess. <laughs> hmm. Yeah. Yeah, he just so, threw him out. The, the, there's a heartburn joke in here somewhere. Yeah. I just don't know how to make it. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so he, he well, demands his spot back, and uh, Daryl like shows him who's boss. Uh, the, the, I do like this piece of animation where like uh, Daryl is slowly growing, and Botsman g- ends up being really tiny to the mm-hmm. point just like spits him into a into a hole. His line "I'm the daddy now" is like implanted like on my brain forever it's just like so funny but yet so iconic mm-hmm. now you see why i love that finale like that ending line yeah. it's just like so hilarious and insane but like being daddy is such a big deal for the box more dynamic so it's just like it's just so good i really hope cn puts out a shirt that just like has Daryl's face with the cowboy hat, and then underneath it just says, I'm the daddy now, because I would buy up that shirt like hotcakes, man. Today in Desired OKKO merch. Please. Um, <laughs> look, I, I love Daryl, but I'm not sure I'd feel comfortable saying I'm the daddy now on my, on my chest. <laughs> That's true, out of context. That could be a very interesting experience in public. <laughs> Yeah, well, Mr. Mr. Gar needs to get one of those now. Ooh, ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Carol's going to take that a little, interestingly. Um, (laughs) But also what's nice is that in Daryl taking over the factory, apparently the other children are treated better now. Like, they they get lunch breaks. You know, they don't really eat their robots. Yeah, I guess this confirms, for a while we've been like, well, is Botsman like a half robot? Is he cyborg? I think this confirms totally that he's just a human, right? He's, well, I don't know if he's human, but he's or like he's, organic. He's not, a, he's not a robot. Yeah, he's not a robot. I feel like he does have like a, a robotic eye though, right? So he has like enhancements or something. Well, he could be an alien for all we know. That's true. It's hard to tell from his design. I'm I'm constantly <laughs> thrown up thrown off by his chicken hand anyway so <laughs> he could be anything he, he may be a frankenstein's monster but i guess he's not a robot because he doesn't want any bolts mm-hmm. that's true i know the bolts gag was great that they just kept <laughs> popping up everywhere and he couldn't escape them yeah. <laughs> um let's see other lines that popped up oh when uh, so daryl ends up uh, sending botsman to go attack the plaza like uh, now you must feel what i feel and all so like when he sends him off uh shannon just pops in we found dad's pg their team movies <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> daryl's so excited yeah <laughs> But um, so but the episode ends. I think the the strong part of this episode is everything that happens in the factory. Uh, at the end, we have this whole scene where like Botsman is being sent. He cries in front of Ko and the gang, and Ko gives his pep talk. It's misinterpreted, 
and the botsman just ends up fighting them and getting beaten easily. I feel like this sequence dragged a little bit, but it's whatever. Um, mm. You you guys feel anything about seeing Botsman fight for the first time in a long uh, time? I mean, it reminds me of those like undercover boss episodes, right? Where like the boss like is so removed from like the very low down employees that when they try to do their jobs, they just suck at them because it's been so long since they've had to do menial labor. So it's like essentially that with Boxman. Like he he hasn't had to fight anyone himself in so long. He just really sucks at it. Hmm. I'm not sure he ever was a knew how to fight. Well, like in there in like the first episodes of OKKO, Boxman was the one doing the fighting, and then you had the whole gag of sending the robots instead. But uh That's true. But but yeah, but Boxman fails, he gets sent back, and then we have this epic speech of uh, I'm proud of you, son. No. Lord Cowboy Daryl. <laughs> like we're just giving this title, title legitimacy. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, that's a good dad thing to do. And like he does take their like KO's advice. Like it's just took him a, a bit, you know, because he's still box man. Nothing's ever easy for him. He has to find out the hard way. But he finally did come around and he supported Lord Cowboy Daryl. And that's all Daryl ever wanted. And he didn't really want him to go. And it's like, you know. I mean, this is probably good for both of them. They both have time apart to grow. I kind of wonder where he's Boxman's going to go now. I we haven't seen him since then. Yeah, so th- this does open up a little bit of a possibility because uh, when we talked about the finale, we we were discussing like what happens to the whole Botsman uh, um, Professor Venomous uh, story that yeah. we sort of abandoned. But like th- this opens up the opportunity to the re- to continue down that path of just Botsman doing his own thing, having secret plans in the background. We, we mm-hmm. So I, I do like that this episode handles Botsman coming back, but in a way that, like, we, we're not sending him off entirely from the show. Like, it does... Yeah, it, it leaves it open. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, Lord Cowboy Daryl was a very solid episode, and uh, I, I think I agree with Michelle that it does a good job of characterization of Lord Botsman here. Um, now, uh, of the other episodes, let's... Uh, where do we want to go? I, I guess the, the sobatical is another one that I, I do want to talk about because uh, mm-hmm. one, it, okay. it, one, it has our, our, our favorite character, Dendi. We only got one Dendi episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yay! But, but also we, we get another piece of, uh, of Miss Quantum, so the, the teacher. Yeah, she, she's all had... Um, she, uh, she, we, we, she's had she like used one to be, episode well, before this. Well, we find out she used to be a villainous back before she became a teacher yeah yeah because she wasn't she on the the boat party for villains night out no, i swear I she was like that. in the background <laughs> I don't know. I trying, I, i've again. seen her before with other villains and i was trying to remember like what context and i feel like that must have been it I, on that I, boat i, I kinda, feel like she was there i wondered oh if uh mr gar and carol have dealt with her before <laughs> like maybe a parent teacher meeting might be a little awkward if they have fought before and it's fun that in this universe there are re- rehabilitated villains yeah well. yeah well, uh, like normal boring jobs after they yeah yeah or, or like that other episode where it's like the the death metal guy and he just got old and stopped oh yeah. yeah and he has like grandsons now that's true <laughs> yeah. 
So that was nice. Um, also, like this episode stood out. I think we had a teacher appreciation day very recently. And like this episode does seem to go deep into like the different methods of teaching and why teachers are important. Because Yeah, for sure. It's another one of those episodes that like has a very like it has a message it wants to talk about. Just like, you know, no more pow cards or let's not be skeletons. Like it seems like very conscious of having a message. Well, this right. also seems to be like a sequel to not one, but two Dendy episodes. Um, the one, of course, was the uh, science project when she tried to make create TKO intentionally. And the other one was the OK Dendy episode because that one featured um, Ernesto as well. So it's, it's sort of like two sequels for the price of one. Yeah, it, it is er, er, Ernesto being... Ernesto being Dendi's nemesis is not something I'd expected. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but put my two favorite characters in the same episode. That's good. Um, but yeah, so Ernesto's big plan is to subvert the curriculum by just focusing on memorization. So no critical thinking needed whatsoever. And Dendi realizes this. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think though, um, a box more children, like they like sort of like, sort of, parallels to like our main characters like uh like boxman is parallel to gar mr gar daryl might be parallel to okay to ko and um ray um raymond might be a parallel to uh rad you know shannon a parallel to you know enid and now uh, i guess ernesto is a parallel to dendy the, the the hole in your argument here, where's Jethro involved? Yeah, where's Jethro? I'm in the case, <laughs> though. We can't leave the gems of the, the uh, uh, Hmm. Doesn't okay. Doesn't KO have a pet? Ah. Maybe I get <laughs> okay, a pet. Okay, not, okay forget Jeff it. Forget it. Toothless <laughs> is his pet. We actually yeah. haven't seen Toothless in a long time. Yeah. yeah. But uh, also, wait, uh, I, I can't believe we've, like, talked about this episode, but the principal is Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he only visits once a year. <laughs> what? I don't know why, but, like, I just, like, I love that that's a thing, canonically. Yeah, like, every, now with that, like, everything can be a thing, canonically. Like, yeah. the, tooth, the Tooth Fairy could show up. <laughs> uh, uh, let's see. Here. Other like uh, notes here is um, that the 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 title of the episode is a play on the word sabbatical, and like the, a joke is like Kale, like what's a sabbatical, and they have to go check the dictionary and read the definition for us. <laughs> I feel so bad. I didn't. I did not realize that. I kept thinking, like, is it like radical, but not? But Rad's not in the episode, so what? <laughs> but that, like, that makes so much more sense. Oh, you, you were confused with what the episode title was about? Yes. I know. Thanks. All right. But as, yeah, so then uh, Dendi and uh, KO seek out Miss Quantum. She reveals that she was a villain, and uh, the, the bad apple is her plan is to go blow up the textbook train. Which Love is, her uh, out. Her like evil apple outfit, like that screams like elementary school teacher. It's just so good. I think she found her calling late in life was to be become a teacher. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was foretold. <laughs> well, she's much more. She could be much more sinister and evil as a teacher. You know. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, I really, I really like this. Uh, these scenes at the end where like uh, D- Dendi, they have this whole face off, and the Dendi is, is like trying to reason with the Miss Quanta, like why they want her back. And uh, Miss Quanta reveals like, "Hey, you never appreciated my work. I've, I've been trying to give you extra work in an effort to challenge you because I realized you're smarter." <laughs> yeah, it. and it's like, oh my god, she wasn't being a jerk. She was trying hard to be a good teacher, actually. Yeah, and it's it's interesting too because like you think at least speaking from personal experience, like as a as a tutor, like that's your default when you uh, when you're like teaching the normal stuff and like they can't figure it out. It's like, well, I'll just give them more homework. <laughs> or, like I'll I'll give them harder stuff to do, even though that's not what they're supposed to be doing, but because mm-hmm. it's the right thing to do. And like as a teacher, you're like, well, is this the right thing to do, or like do they feel? Uh, too much pressure if i'm doing this and also like uh, i i respect the the teacher's struggles in trying to decide these things especially mm-hmm. if they're allowed their own curriculum as miss quantum seems to want as opposed yeah. to just following a, a a strict memorization rule like ernesto likes to do mm-hmm. um, so, so so yeah um any any other general impressions or, or random things you picked up out of this episode Mm. Well, except that Dendi is adorable, which as is as not usual. new. <laughs> usual, yeah. And uh, I can't believe seven episodes without Dendi. It's it's a crime. Well, so, okay. she, she needs to become a regular. She like Is she in the opening yet? She needs to be in the opening. <laughs> She's not in the opening yet. We haven't changed the <laughs> intro for season two. Uh, well, maybe one day we'll get there, but... <laughs> Yeah, we, we were spoiled by Denny, admittedly, with those final yeah, episodes. Yeah, so. it's true. We got a lot. Yeah. But, oh, yeah, I wonder what Dendi's thought on, on Mr. Gar and Carol dating. <laughs> nice she'd, probably, she'd probably want to analyze it, honestly. Yeah. She's like, oh, well, how will their power combine if they're both parents now? How will this affect KO and maybe TKO? She'd be, like, so go into it from like an analysis oh i want to see an episode like that i want to see an episode like that (laughs) how do we measure chemistry (laughs) how do we measure chemistry with science (laughs) this is the work of many sciences for decades that they have yet to figure out But I, I guess we can segue quickly to My Fair Carol. Um, this episode is the one that I, I just didn't get much out of. It, like, it felt... Really? Good. Not yeah, like, even I, the face. I, I, there were so many amazing gags, though. Like, the tiger face paint. Yeah, yeah. Also, so I, I'll admit the, the dance sequence at the end was very well animated. So yeah. Like, and uh, good, cool. good musical choices. But yeah, like I, I just have a, a weird thing with the <laughs> with the Mister Guard Carol relationships. Like I, I just uh, I, I I don't know why I feel weird about it. It's just that for the entire season, like that there's been no chemistry. And just like at the very end, you, you you get the the beginnings of it coming back. So. Mm. I mean, I wouldn't say they had no chemistry. They just had, like, a very specific dynamic that didn't change much. Like, Carol would, like, interact with him slightly, and he would, like, lose his mind <laughs> and yeah. melt away. But, I yeah. mean, they did reconcile. Because I was looking back, and in let's take a moment. Like, that is kind of when they get past their history, and so I think like it was at that point that it was like wide open for potential for them to date. Though I was I was surprised that it was just so 
so like immediately established at the very beginning of season two. I didn't see that coming. Well, but... time skip. Time skip. <laughs> time skip. Well, I thought everything. it was. I thought it was pretty clear from the beginning of the series that Carol knew Mr. Gar had feelings for her, and you know, and so it's like it's not really that big of a step. You know, once Mr. Gar got off past that awkwardness and got past their past. Yeah, it's it more sense on Mr. To Gar's me. side. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think he was willing to to really try anything until she forgave him. I think that's what he was waiting for. And then he could forgive himself. Yeah, exactly. And then they could finally move on and, and be friends and maybe more, definitely more. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I do like his, his kind of part at the end of My Fair Carol when he's saying like, wow... I, I realized from seeing you try really hard to impress me that the reason I've been, like, going out of my way to make these really elaborate dates is because, like, I've been trying so hard, but I don't want you to have that pressure. Yeah, so I, 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 like I want Yeah, because, like, I want you to know that, like, I, I want to be enough for you, and I, I hope that that's fine, and you can, you're enough for me already. So let's just like chill out <laughs> a little, which I think's yeah. great. Like, that's a very like mature, reasonable thing to do when you, mm-hmm. you're getting to know someone and dating them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, good job, yeah. Mr. Carr. Yeah, de- definitely a good romantic moment. Like, you're recognizing, like, hey, I, I'm, I like subconsciously putting pressure on you, and I know that's probably not a good thing. So, yeah, <laughs> so yeah, that, that, that was all very nice. Um, also, the, the, here's the return of uh, DJ Fireball from, from uh, many <laughs> yeah, episodes ago. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we, we had that episode. Um, also, let's see here. Uh, I guess we, we referenced the time skip so we can go over to Seasons Change, which is <laughs> the first episode that aired. Um, oh, so, so Brad, yeah, I, Brad and Enid, I gotta love their new designs. Oh, okay, um, Steve, you're, you're, the, you're the anime expert here. Is time skip really a trope? <laughs> oh, it's, it is actually, believe it or not. Um, when it's a time skip, you got like design changes. Not to normally, not to this degree, but <laughs> not orange skin. And I never seen a mine in an anime, so <laughs> that's a new one. Really, but, that seems ripe for content. Uh, but uh, yeah, but Rad's design—he's definitely something out of Dragon Ball Z. That's definitely like a Saiyan type of reference there. Yeah, I think he looks like a a, a Namek, someone from uh, a Namekian. That's what, definitely what he looked like to me. Uh, yeah, Rad, uh, his entire change is rubbing orange rind on himself. So. <laughs> and he didn't realize it first, and he just tries yeah. to cover it up. Yeah, and so he can become one with the super tan family on a cruise ship, I guess. Uh, yeah, the way he describes, like, his journey is amazing. I love that, like, yeah. both him and Enid are, like, totally lying out of their faces about what actually happened the whole time. Yeah, yeah I, I guess in the end, like uh, at the end of the episode, they admit that it was all yeah. fake. But like when they're telling the story, you don't think there's a hint of them that like believes. <laughs> mm. <laughs> no, okay, fine. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I mean, mean they, maybe, but like it's mm. it's so good though. Yeah. And Enid yeah. like going into the wrong class, and she's like, "No, I learned this super secret like ninja skills." It's just, <laughs> I think it's hilarious. She just like went for it. And the whole just, time. And she's just too proud to admit she made a mistake. She's gonna run with it. Just like Rad, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I tell you though, she look 
a great mime. She could be a great mime. Looks awesome as a mime if she wants to pursue that career. I mean, she she earned a beret for her she hot did. copy jitsu. And you know, it's a good <laughs> it's a great way to ignore the customers is by being a mime. If they That's talk. true. But maybe they would gather around her because they'd be so excited about her new like performance <laughs> act. So maybe it would attract customers more than she wants. <laughs> it's like that uh, moment from SpongeBob where they're just doing random dances. Somebody's like street performers. Oh yeah, right that's true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so Ko is very uh, um, unenthused by this. He expresses he's, he's his not hatred. not having it. Mm-hmm. And like to the point, like where, where they go out to, and like the, also, it's not even a botsman robot; it's just some random bull demon robot or something. Yeah, yeah it's, it's totally random. Yeah, he just has this inner monologue: like, "Is this home? Is this my life now?" Yeah. <laughs> like, and, uh, and he misses the Boxmore robots. At least, yeah. yeah kind of, Why well, I tell you before in a past podcast, they're kind of frenemies in a way. They're sort of <laughs> they're well, a part of his everyday <laughs> life. Teen, at yeah. least that he anticipates. Yeah. 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 Ko is in love with the status quo. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he likes his like routine. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, as it turns out, these changes are not for the better because they both suck at fighting. They both <laughs> suck. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and like Rad also calls her a a, a useless, unfunny clown. <laughs> Ooh, yeah whenever anyone calls her a clown she gets so mad and i really if i was in my i'd be very insulted if someone called me a clown mm. uh, well steve well, what's your opinion are mimes clowns no because oh. they're not <laughs> scary that's the biggest difference you oh, can have no and they're performance artists um personally eating maybe could get could get a be part of the uh, Beach City um, improv group if she wants. Oh, she would totally rock that. Yeah. If she ever wanted to. Yeah. She would definitely do well in the deadpan. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, at, at the end of this, uh, once they all undo their changes, they ask KO, like, what did you do over this summer? It's oh, like, it was so <laughs> good. No, it was exactly the same. I watched TV and hung out with my mom. <laughs> and then just Mr. Gar's in the background of all these yeah. flashbacks. And like that KO did not like put two and two together is so sweet and adorable. He's yes. too pure yes. to yes. realize the truth that his teenage friends immediately fall yeah. on. And also just Enid and Rad's smug faces to end yeah. episode. <laughs> like, oh, that, lo- that, that was a good use of drawing. I love how they can see KO's thoughts. That's because <laughs> he never said anything about Mr. Gar it's just in his thoughts and they saw it <laughs> anything's possible in animation Steve well we find out in one of, the, one of these episodes but we'll get to that one later I guess uh. well yeah speaking of anything's <laughs> possible in animation <laughs> yeah. so, well, let's go to the meta episode um, <laughs> your world is an illusion um yeah, so uh, somebody, I think I saw somebody on Reddit write this. Uh, th- this was a great episode of The Amazing World of Gumball, wasn't it, guys? Yeah. Oh, man, that is that was accurate. <laughs> Gumball does this a lot, like at least once yeah. per season, I feel. Yeah, yeah. and like I, I think we mentioned uh, when we had the Let's Watch the Pilot episode, uh, I think it was I, either me or Steve or maybe both of us, but we said like it, it went meta, but it didn't go all the way. And so maybe mm-hmm. that took away a little bit from it. Mm-hmm. But like this dove all the way this into meta. All- yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, 
I see. I see, and I saw um hologram Jane. Um, she I saw in Disobatical. She was in that episode too. The so she wasn't a one off. No, I, I think she's, she's appeared in the background, background of a lot yeah. of episodes. Yeah, so, yeah. since the beginning. But I think this is the first time we we say that she's a hologram. So okay. Yeah. <laughs> and she, uh, she she's basically a Morpheus from the Matrix. Nothing is real. She's but trying like, to. I think she's super cool, honestly. She's kind of the goddess of this world. <laughs> Just watching everything happen. Yeah. And also, God is like corn for some reason, which is revealed in this yes, episode. The, the, what the, the heck? No, no, it's not revealed. It's not revealed. Wait, when would we see God corn before? In the Enid, um, when they go to Enid's parents' house and mm-hmm. the, they have the dinner, and she's like. Uh, God, God, why have you forsaken me? And they just go up to the to the heaven, and the corn god is just there oh, shrugging man. again. Okay, I'll have to go back. That's amazing. Uh, we so, saw. I love how these a lot of these tribute to '80s cartoons. Um, in My Fair Carol, her tiger look. That's definitely a reference to Thundercats. Is it? I thought it was a reference to child face paint. At the I know, fair. but she I thought like, it was a reference to tigers. But she looked like she looked like. <laughs> She looked like uh, that girl from Thundercats to me, but <laughs> and that, that but, but back to my topic. Well, well, back to this episode. I mean, I thought um, Jane might could be a reference to Jem from the 1980s show Jem and the Holograms because oh, holograms. Ha, ha, she's a hologram. Start, it starts. Ha. She has a name. It starts with J. <laughs> so. My mistake. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so in in random meta things, um, that there's a black. First, uh, Hologene points out, like, have you ever noticed there's just a black outline surrounding everybody? <laughs> it's, uh, it's like try picking up that rock, and like he can pick, pick up the one. On the f- one. Yeah, <laughs> she, he can pick up the one in the foreground, but he can't pick up the one in the background. So mm. Wonder why. And uh, also, at some point, it's like, are cartoons not real? And he shows the Cartoon Network app. Yeah, <laughs> so good oh. advertising. Yes, great yes. advertising. <laughs> uh, a, a bit more of a deep cut, like they show the green and red lines marking the frame boundaries when he's yeah, talking. Yeah, where are your the legs? Where are yeah. my legs? <laughs> <laughs> Keep switching uh, perspectives there. Also, the the classic. Wait, I only have four fingers. <laughs> Why do you call a high five? <laughs> Why do they call the high five? And when he does the high five, he gets like the action of it in his hand and he throws it away. <laughs> yeah, and so it, it gets so meta that he like jumps out of the frame and begins like walking past storyboards. <laughs> pretty awesome. Oh, it's a yeah, it's like a it's like that one classic uh, Looney Tunes cartoon when Bugs Bunny was drawing Daffy Duck. Yeah, the Duck and Muck is like the yeah. original meta cartoon. Yeah. Like, <laughs> every other meta episode kind of just draws on it. But uh, yeah, this one in particular stood out as like ref- referencing that for sure. Um, and then we have this final speech by uh, by um, Hollow Jane, which is a bit prescient. Like, uh, you look, man, yeah. your friendship and mom's love is real to you, and our connection it's to real the world. To them. Yeah, everything's yeah. real to them. So this is our personal reality, man. Um, I mean, again, it's one of those kind of like hashtag deep messages that like <laughs> has a fair amount of truth in it. Because like you, you know, like everyone like has that point in their life where like, oh, like what if I experience the world in a completely different way from everyone else? Is my reality the same as their reality? And so it's just like, yeah, 
the mm-hmm. takeaway is like, well, it, it's real to you, so it's real. So relax yeah. and enjoy yes. it, and don't freak out. Yeah. Yes, indeed. Um, I want to look up though, Hollow Jane, who her voice actress is and what she's done. Yeah, I really dug her voice. Yeah, I thought whoever she is, she's really. Let cool. me see if it's listed in IMDb, Jane. She says okay. a new character, but I might not have it because she's. Oh, here it is. And it. Some actress named Laura Carrick. Let's see what she's done. Okay. <laughs> this, she's this, done. Is, this is this is your IMDb check of the day, guys. <laughs> yeah. So. Okay. She was. Let's see. I don't see anything I'm familiar with. Okay. She was in a show called The Leftovers. She was in Law and Order special. She, she was cool. in a show. She was in Law and Order special vi- victims unit. She was in Law and Order. That's yeah, cool. yeah. So, Is that oh, oh, oh yeah, she's uh, oh, she she played uh, <laughs> Jang in the show called Mozart in the Jungle. What the heck? Mozart in the Jungle? Is this live action? Yes, it's a Netflix uh, show. Yeah. Uh, Is it really? Yeah, that's all that's yeah. That's all legit. yeah. That sounds yeah. crazy. Yeah, and the Le- the Leftovers is actually supposed to be a very critically acclaimed HBO drama, but you know. That oh really? Yeah, Some yeah. random <laughs> show. It's not anime. <laughs> I don't care. Yeah, well, but hey, she was in Law and Order. That's yeah. the big thing. Right? Yeah, the Leftovers. She's in. Everyone knows about. Also in the Leftovers. Yeah, you're right. She. And what you play Haley? And one of those two shows are connected. Okay, this has concluded IMDb check of the day. Um, I went this rabbit hole because yeah. she does have a really cool voice and she deserves no, yeah, a check. Yeah, yeah I, I definitely w- would like to hear more of Paulo Jane in the future. Yeah. Um, I, uh, other random points. So, um, in the beginning, when she's beckoning Ko to come, she, he has a quick memory of shadowy figure, and we're like, "Oh yeah, shadowy figure exists." <laughs> yeah. And uh, the episode ends with uh, Ko going to see Carol, and Carol's like, "Are you okay, Ko?" <laughs> Oh my so. god, it's like us with our bad puns. <laughs> yeah, it, it's the perfect meta ending to a meta episode, I'd say. But <laughs> uh, one thing I do want to mention, apparently the like the the rabbit character is a character Ian had from like a really old animation he did when he was in like middle school or something. So he's had that character for a long time. And You're I actually saying- think that character- <laughs> character's like kind of awesome mm. like i'm into his design and his accent so a plus keeping that around ian it it aged well mm-hmm. wow it's inserting an oc into a meta episode <laughs> there are OCs all over okay KM. that's like part of the show's dna yeah uh so uh, moving on from the from the meta episode um let's see where are we gonna go next uh, I, I guess uh, let's speaking do the of more show yeah, okay, you want to go there? We'll go there. It. <laughs> okay, Alex, I know you weren't that high, but like, oh my god, this episode was like, oh, it was so freaking amazing. Steve, you're with me, right? Like, yes, you were, you I loved it. I loved this Fox episode. This was so good. I mean, the reality TV stuff, like reality TV show stuff, was so yeah. good, and just like so many, like the. The humor, like just like the the gesture humor and like the animation, like it's so it's something that like the show does really well, having just like this comedy come through, you know, how something is animated or somebody's facial expression. Cause I just like I remember the part where like Enid's like sitting eating the popcorn and, and she looks like kind of gross, but in a very like engaging cartoony way. <laughs> or like 
when Ernesto, like, when, um, <laughs> they, um, I think it was rad when he says the, like, the bipples in the, like, incinerator, and Ernesto's, yes. like, so eager, he just, like, crawls on all fours <laughs> out of the door and knocks over a cactus on his way over. <laughs> it's just so freaking funny. I watched that, like, five times, and it <laughs> killed me every time. Like, that kind of timing, that comedic timing is so perfect, mm-hmm. and it just, like, gushed from that episode. So, like, I... I appreciated it so much, just personally. Okay, okay, that's fair. And Steve, what, what were your biggest uh, moments of this episode? Well, okay. Um, well, of how they reveal that they had the security cameras. Um, I told you before, though, the big reveal, though, how Rad still has a crush on Shannon. So that's sort of um, continuity from last season. That's are, true. Are you still are you still very deep into the Rad Shannon ship? Oh sure, why not? I think that's kind of <laughs> cute. It proves that Rad is a softy and a romantic yeah. at heart, despite <laughs> his tough guy exterior. So I can see the appeal. Yeah, uh, I, I will say I took perverse joy in the moment where Ernesto goes into the incinerator. <laughs> like, where, where's where's the immunity? <laughs> that's the thing like i guess the immunity is the bipple right which i also think is yeah. like a hilarious word er- ernesto was interesting because he starts off saying right like he's the one who's there to make friends but then he goes off on them and is like smack talking each of them and when he gets to raymond he's like and raymond what are you a sport robot or a romantic robot <laughs> yeah. so Funny. I know, I know, and and really, what's a romantic robot? How are you supposed to romantic robot supposed to fight? It makes no sense. Well, I, I, I'm glad that Ernesto echoed my thoughts that are on Raymond because I, I, I've been from the beginning on the Raymond is confusing trait. I felt so bad for Jethro because he's just trying to be Jethro, and everyone keeps smashing him at every opportunity. Uh, when, when they put the, um, the 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 banners like introducing them and uh, showing their name and all uh, like Shannon sassy shapeshifter Raymond sporty Casanova and Jethro gets cannon fodder. Fodder yeah. for <laughs> Jethro. I'm glad the KO was Team Jethro though. Mm-hmm. I guess that fits. <laughs> um, so, and yeah, so the basic premise of this for uh, like. Uh, People who don't watch reality shows, myself included, but uh, I'm vaguely aware of stuff like Survivor, where like you'd have to do challenges in order to survive to the next round. This, <laughs> just in terms of like the like the cattiness and the trying to get like yeah. a, a thing to protect you from an elimination round. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so I'm sh- although it's weird, like every single time it's for an immunity thing, but like nobody ever gets voted <laughs> out, so I'm not sure. <laughs> well, I'm sure. I'm sure. Dylan will love this episode when he catches up. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'm not sure if this is enhanced by knowing reality show tropes. <laughs> oh, it is. It, it is yeah. definitely enhanced. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because like Ernesto, I assume, is a representation of like a guy, a person who enters the show fine and then they crack under the pressure. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like and Shannon's like the the bad, like mean girl mm-hmm. who is not there to make friends. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, uh, also, Mr. Garb's observation at the very end is very strong. Nobody pays attention to script-driven and board-driven content. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> yeah, it went down after Boxman left. Oh yeah, yeah. that's kind of like jump the shark moment, like reference. Very fourth one. Yeah, 
Yeah, it remains to be seen if the show is going to go downhill, but... Now, um... I think this is a very strong batch, honestly. <laughs> I think it's doing alright without Boxman. As much as it hurts me that he's not there, I'm okay with it. Yeah, I, I mean, he got one episode. That, that, that's a He got his closure, episode. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. We have uh, two episodes left to talk about. I guess we can head over to Plaza Film Festival. This, since that applies a little bit with what we're doing here with like analyzing yeah. media. <laughs> Uh, and so the whole thing of that is that uh, K.O. Rad Needed are criticizing other people's movies and then they get their criticism thrown back at yeah. them and they have to recognize that they should accept criticism. I have a question. Uh, uh, okay, go ahead. What sure. was everyone's favorite film from the festival? Mm. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> okay, well, let, let, let's work down the, the playlist here. Yeah. We had a look. Lone Wolf's Lonesome Revenge. Oh. We had Broccoli Hood. <laughs> we, had, we had Grenade Boy. Um, we had the anime. included some ADR. The bunny animation. Oh, that's my favorite. Was, yeah. That's my favorite. That one was really good. Now, I'm personally a fan of Untitled yes! by Crinkly Wrinkly. Yes! Like, it's a very experimental yes! film. Freaking died with the glass ladder and him walking on the rail in the sunset. I was like, oh, who got to board this? I'm so jealous. This is an amazing masterpiece of an achievement. This is our art- editing was excellent. It was so like, when he was. And it's like cackling, like, in the slow mo of him turning around <laughs> in a circle. It's amazing. Uh... Also, I actually did really like the my first animation. Like it was very simple, but like you know, it expressed it's an emotion. Cool. You know? Like I never did animation as a kid, but like if I did, like yeah, I would have been that kind of thing. <laughs> Get cute little anime girl in the single tier, and it's so short because like it takes so long to do animation. And the titles are just like it's my first anime, like smiley face thanks for watching it's just so sweet oh my god i don't know about you guys though i was a little weird out of raymond and shannon being romantic leads oh, in a movie, okay. even though they're related father yeah yeah they have algorithmically hit every crowd-pleasing movie trope which apparently means that the sound of music in star wars are the most <laughs> important movies in history <laughs> Aren't they? <laughs> I mean, they might be. <laughs> but yeah, just uh, from the very beginning, like Michaela shows up as a twenty as um the MGM line. Yes! <laughs> so good. Yeah, and uh, Raymond s- sings like I'm singing to music. <laughs> <laughs> all you need. Um, yeah, that, that is all you need. And somehow, like people are like, yeah, even though like it probably doesn't connect at all any of these scenes, but. <laughs> Uh, good enough. Uh, I I do like th- this uh, moment at the end where like they're they're recognizing their criticism and there's the joke. Like, Every role should have been played by Crinkly Wrinkly. <laughs> oh, taking. <laughs> yeah, the, Ian is just like not all critiques are worth taking, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, but I guess just this episode in general did feel a little bit too predictable. Like I, I know, now let the brick of criticism fall on me. But <laughs> Yeah, like it, it. It did feel very predictable from beginning to end, and like not not that exciting. Like it had its funny moments, but like you kind of, like from the very beginning, you kind of got where it was going, at least in my opinion. But mm-hmm. uh, I, don't know. I still really liked it. I mean, and maybe it's because like I I had a film studies major, so in college, watching other people's <laughs> films was very much this. Like everyone was always convinced that they were so talented, but that nobody else was. 
and pointing out other flaws, but not really being as open to criticism. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like I, I really appreciate this episode. Be like, you know what? Everyone kind of sucks for a while, and then you learn, <laughs> and you take people's criticism, and then you get better, mm-hmm. and and you grow. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so I, I actually just really liked it, honestly. Yeah, that that's my motto in life. Everybody sucks for a while. Yeah, and then they get better. Yeah. <laughs> that's always the highlight, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, and speaking of sucking for a while and getting better, we have be a team over here. Yeah, uh, which, yeah. which is um, I, I guess just them fi- fighting with each other. Ko, Enid, and Rad after a hundred day sale. Like I think this is the first time the store has actually sold anything. Really, <laughs> been like one customer at a time. Yeah. Must yeah. have been a heck so of a ha- deal. Maybe everything was like 90% off or something. Probably. Yeah, but uh, how would they survive for 100 days doing that, though? Mm-hmm. That's why they're so crabby. Mm, yeah. It's the garment. They should have a former union or something. Yeah, they really should have a, a yeah. teenage union. That that doesn't sound like great working conditions. <laughs> Yeah, and it turns out this working conditions did take a toll on them because all of a sudden they're just very petty, petty with each other and start fighting over everything. So the pairing of Nick and Joff shows up, which we we've seen previ- in previous episodes, but I don't think they've gotten this much screen time. Well, um, what what, what impression did you guys get of this pairing? Totally gay. They're a oh my god! I actually yeah. don't think they're gay, but the really? okay. Oh, okay. really? Their to the film festival was kind of gay. <laughs> but I I think they're just really good bros. I mean, yeah, I'm all for see- stuff, but like I honestly I don't know. I think they're just really good bros. Yeah, because like the big thing is at the end they like go off into the sunset holding hands. You know, yeah. so, like, men should be allowed to platonically hold hands with other men. Equal opportunity, Alex. Well, all right, all well, right. I- I'll well, accept that. Well, <laughs> we all like we all ship Mr. Smiley and that other dude before, so I let's get them. <laughs> and that other dude, <laughs> you can't remember his name, Mr. <laughs> Funny. Mr. I mean, to to be fair, did did any of us would any of us have remembered Nick and Joff's name before this episode? Mm. <laughs> Good point. Yeah, so. Uh, yeah, so so they they come up. Uh, um, Mr. Gar tries to explain Yin and Yang very badly, and that comes up later. Oh, with the black and white dealie, and and then he just kind of trails off. Yeah, and, and then like the circle just comes up literally during a fight <laughs> later in the episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, the, the first they try like, hey, just say I love you to each other. And the, uh, they say I love you to each other, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're all like, too weird. Well, um, didn't they already do that in the season finale, though? Like, they loved each other? Yeah. They, they told KO, you are loved. Or... Well, that's different. Just telling someone that they are loved isn't as much pressure as being like, I love you. Yeah. Other person. No, but but St- Steve raises a point here. Like we we've gotten very far into the chemistry between Ko, Enid, and Rad. So like th- this episode in particular feels very season one-y where like they're still like working through their issues. Whereas I, I feel like by the time we had gotten to the finale, like that was all set. Like the, it, we 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 shouldn't really be having stuff like this anymore, except if you have a contrived situation <laughs> like oh hey hundred day sale. I think that's fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so like, uh, 
And also that this goes down the path of, okay, well, none of this is working. So we get frustrated with each other. And then that they decide, okay, we all have compliments that fit each other. So uh, we should all work together this way. And so they do, and they stop the fighting. And <laughs> yeah. Nick and Joff is just like, yeah, this is what we planned. See, you've learned the lesson. Good job. <laughs> Yeah, I will say, like, this was the most kind of, like, the the least hype I had on any of the episodes, but I still liked it, like, mm-hmm. again. Either I was, like, crazy yeah, high, or I was like, oh, this, this is alright. Yeah, and I, I think the, the, the strong thing about OKKO is, is the character chemistry. Yeah. And I especially like the, the their moments at the end where, like, the, the, they they're hashing out, like, what makes them important in the group dynamic and like uh, I, I miss this working together and to, like that that stuff yeah, it, it, it's sweet, mm-hmm. it is so. sweet. And this show this show does get tender sometimes which i appreciate a lot i think it adds a lot to the characters like sometimes they're very earnest like that's why i love Boxman. he's very earnest mostly about you know destroying mr gar or about Professor Venomous. Mm-hmm. But, like, that's that's what makes him more relatable and human. I, I'm sorry. I don't know how this turned into a Boxman tangent. but <laughs> Yeah, well, we, we began with Boxman, so I guess we'll, we'll begin ending with Boxman yeah. here. Uh, so I, I guess after covering these eight episodes, like, who would be your, your MVP out of out of this mm. group, uh, Michelle? Or, do you want to stick to Botsman? Or? Oh, I think Jethro's my MVP. <laughs> wow. It's <laughs> so hard. No, Drew, I think it was in Seasons Change when all the robots were like, well, who's going to be in charge now? And Jethro, like, so... rolls up. He's like, oh, like, I'll do it. And he's like, and then he gets, like, immediately smashed. Like, mm. he just tries so hard, but he's so small, and no one takes him seriously. And it's not. Oh, that, that, that was from the finale. Mm. Oh, was it? Okay. Yeah, but it yeah. still happened, and it was great. <laughs> My- <laughs> All right, so what one vote for Jethro? Um, Steve, who, who is your MVP of this group? Well, I gotta say Cowboy Daryl. He sort of carries, yeah. like, at least almost half of these episodes. So that gets my vote. I mean, I, I want to say, like, Dendy. I love Dendy, but he's only in one episode, so I can't really say Dendy. So Cowboy mm-hmm. Daryl. <laughs> I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I kind of want to say Holla Jane. Like she's the she's a new character and she's the one that stood out to me. Uh, that that episode was very interesting. And uh, yeah, hashtag deep speech at the end. I I love her designs. <laughs> yeah, I love her design and I love her voice yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, just in terms of voice work, I I do, I do still like Miss Quantum's voice. She she makes me happy whenever I hear her. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah, so so yeah, we 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 touched base with a lot of different characters in this grouping. Uh, we're settling back into season two. Uh, obviously, we had the high of, of the season one finale, so we probably weren't expecting any of these episodes to be like oh, incredible like that. But I I think I agree with you guys that there isn't really a bad episode here, right? Yeah, and I'll say I was very pleasantly surprised, like pretty much every time. So that that's a really good feeling to have too, just as a takeaway. Like I, I feel very fondly about a lot of these episodes, like in a row. And I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I definitely think there's something here for everyone. Like, mm-hmm. If you don't like certain episodes, you'll like others because like uh, some of them just go 
way into the sentimental. Some of them go way into the humor. Some of them go in, way into the meta. So yeah. we're, like, we're just branching out in different directions. Yeah. And what works here. It's, it's just more cool down after the season finale. Just trying to change. We have a lot of changes in status quo. They're not just trying to cool down while the people adjust to the changes. And uh, so of episodes that are coming up, um, I, let's see here. It looks like we only have four titles that we know of so far. Um, we have uh, Points to the Plaza. Mm-hmm. We have TKO's House. That Ooh. should be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, Red, Red Action to the Future. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Red Action episode. And uh, Dendi's Power. Ooh. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I that think I'm going to love that episode. Curious. I don't know if I'm going to love more Red to the Future or Dendi's Power. It could... <laughs> I think they'll both have something to enjoy. Yeah. <laughs> one will be really gay, and one will have Dendi. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good sandwich of episodes. Yeah. Especially if we include TKO's house, you get a little edgy in there. Yeah, so, guilt, mm. teenage angst. Mm-hmm. Uh, all, all right, so un- until we get the, those episodes, as Steve mentioned, they could be coming next week. They could be coming in two weeks. Whenever well, Cartoon Network decides to release them. I don't know. I mean, they released um, um, those eight just like the same time on the app, right? Yeah. yeah. So maybe so, like they'll release the next four when they're all ready? I don't really know. Well, there's eight the- more coming this month. Oh, wait, there are? Oh, I should know yeah. this. But okay. Uh, well, I'm not sure. I, I thought I heard there was going to be 12 total, but I, I could be wrong on that. But oh, we can check. We'll, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. <laughs> but uh, when whenever there's a group of OKU episodes to talk about, uh, you can find uh, our podcast at overlyanimated.com. Um, you can chat with us about OKKO or any other animated show we cover at overlyanimated.com slash Discord. We have an OKKO channel there, so. You want to t- tell us your opinions on these episodes or something that we missed? Feel free to do so. Um, you can also support us financially via Patreon at Patreon.com/slash/OverlyAnimated. Uh, we want to give thanks to all of our current patrons, especially our patron of the podcast, Joanna, aka Crispy. Uh, and thanks, as always, to our Patreon executive producers, John, Ryan, Steve, Andy, and Hugh. Um, also, this month, uh, we, uh, over uh, Ian Jones Cordy was previously a member of Steven Universe, and there's actually an episode of Steven Universe to talk oh, about. So yeah, a whole, yes. yes, a whole bunch of podcasts just on those two episodes, yeah. hopefully. Definitely. Um, also, another Steven Universe alumnus, Craig of the Creek, will be ha- will we have a podcast up on some recent episodes oh. there as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I believe we have Miraculous Ladybug going on um, as well. So th- th- well, there are various other back. shows. Yeah, Duck Ducktales that 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 we do cover. We should, yeah, <laughs> um, we should figure out when we're well, gonna do that. Oh, that that is well, true. Well, um, well, well, it's like only you got like one more episode. One more episode this month I haven't seen. So. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's not talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but but yes, we, we do cover Ducktales as well. So we'll, we'll be getting to that very soon, and, and we'll be looking out for new OKKO episodes to talk about. So until then. Uh, Thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.